Welcome to The Boundless Self, a podcast that is here to explore all of the ways in which we limit ourselves. Together, we will explore the deep, messy, exciting, and often uncomfortable topics to identify and heal everything that keeps you from believing in your boundless potential. I'm your host, Kathleen McBride, and becoming boundless changed everything for me. Now I run a life and a business embracing my own fears and helping people all around the world to believe in themselves. Tune into each episode and join me on your journey of becoming your most boundless self. Welcoming you back to part two of this incredible episode with Chelsea. Now, we left on a little bit of a cliffhanger on the end of the last episode, so don't you worry. We are going to be diving into basically right where we left off, which was a heartbreaking and painful story of Chelsea's last breakup. Now, before we begin, I have something very, very important that I want to share. In 2023, I am launching a brand new secret program, and I'm incredibly excited because I have spent the last few years working as a coach to refine my coaching methods, but also to discover what other things that create transformation and I mean rapid transformation within somebody's life to be able to turn things completely around find comfort confidence and worthiness within themselves and be able to actually go out there and take the action required to create the life that they really 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 want not just the life that they think they should have this program is delivering it all and you have been speaking to me a lot my audience the wonderful people on social media my past clients and everyone has been speaking to me about what they would want in a program and I've really worked hard to listen and to get ready for myself as a coach to be able to hold this incredible space this program is going to be freaking life-changing and I am launching it now I'm launching it two months before it even begins because I want people to be ready to start this transformational work and it's going to involve some prep work it's going to involve some amazing bonus offers and it's going to involve some workshops and things on the tail end of 2022 because so often we can get into this mindset of oh I'll just start next year and I a hundred percent when I found myself planning for what I wanted my 2023 to look like within my business I just thought oh I'll just wait until 2023 to start planning no, not today. And so that's why I'm starting this now. And I'm very excited to, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen me teasing, you've seen me teasing about my secret program. It already has one incredible soul signed up to it. And I'm so excited. So I have just recorded a very special podcast episode that is going deep into what this new program is, what you can expect, what the investment is, what it will look like, as well as having created a website page where you can go and read all of the information. That's more your vibe. So the next episode after this one will be the best. Oh, I nearly said it. Oh my God. Nearly said the secret program name. Good job, Kathleen. But the next episode will be that episode where I'm explaining and sharing more about the program and inviting you in. So make sure you listen to that next episode. And right now we're going to dive in to the second half of this episode with the incredible Chelsea. Chelsea is a friend, a past client and an amazing coach herself. And we have bonded about breakups. In the last or the first half of this episode, we talked all about our past stories. We rehashed the lessons, the learnings, the hilarity of some of our last relationships and the pain too, and talked about how to process and feel those emotions. Now we're moving into the other side of it which is finding yourself after a breakup finding you finding contentment within yourself being okay being single and creating a life that is yours so buckle up we are diving right back in where we left off which is the tail end of Chelsea's story about how the last breakup where she was engaged to her partner planning a wedding and things ended very quickly so that's where we're diving in listen up this is probably what fucked me up the most oh here we go okay take a breath everyone take a breath literally ready he looked at me and said, Chels, I don't love you and I don't think I actually ever did. Oh, my God. He said those words. Holy shit. Yeah. 
Oh my God. I'm, I'm, I just want to say, I'm so sorry. And I'm amazed at your vulnerability here. But fuck, that must have sucked ass. Like, I just have to say, that must have been the most painful words you could possibly hear. So so fucking painful and that's the whole like then the the amount of shame that then Mm. for myself like why did you come back you are so stupid you've just literally been vulnerable in front of this man telling him he's your home to then receive that back holy shit oh but we have one thing when you look back on it now but help me with that on the flip side i needed probably those words to sever the tie. I hear that. Yeah. I needed that to realize that I had just attracted another male that was not at a place where he could love or receive love. Same, same thing with you, right? Uh, uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. We mirror each other's wounds, right? Like I didn't feel good enough to be loved. And he also, and I would say, most of my past partners have had the mm-hmm. same wound. I think to some degree, most of humanity has it. Yeah. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve love. And oh, because of these ideas of perfection of who we need to be mm-hmm. as human beings, and even men especially being, you know, being the fucking perfect man must be bloody hard, as well as being the perfect woman or the perfect human or whatever you want to be. But we mirror our wounds to each other, don't we? And it's that moment of going, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, not, it's not just me that feels this pain. And that's that moment that I had was, holy shit, I don't feel good enough and yes. so do other people. Yeah. And, you know? and in that moment I was, yeah, I just kind of, I think to start with I shut down completely mm. and then it was two weeks after that I think I actually found out that he was having an affair Wow. Um, with someone. You said from, this was the blonde leggy goddess, yeah. Blonde leggy goddess who it's actually. Only the blonde leggy goddess, isn't it? I know. <laughs> And I'm not, I cannot make this up. It sounds so cliche. So my ex-fiance was a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at the Wait, gym. Wait, was that- it a client? No, it's better. Oh, here we go. <laughs> better, work. better work. So I worked at this gym and then I left because I was working two jobs and had too much on my plate. So he was about to start and I was like, you know what? Like you do you, I want you to grow. I left this blonde leggy goddess replaced me. Oh, Fuck off. No. Oh, that is killer. Yeah. Oh, joust that. Oh, my God. And again, okay, pause right here for all the stuff that you made that mean about you. Oh. You rattle that off. I just, and with the purpose of feeling like if you do this too and you have these thoughts and feelings, you're not alone. Like me and Charles both Mm -hmm. have experienced this and I hope that you resonate or not. I don't hope you resonate. I hope that if you're going through this and you've thought this before, you have a great moment where you pause this recording, this podcast and go, holy fuck, I'm not alone. So Charles, what did you make all that mean about yourself? Um, Straight away, I was like, <laughs> she is 2.0 of me. Oh, the 2.0. <gasps> yeah. Because like I'm blonde and I have, you know, semi nice colored skin but she's like perfect skin yeah My a perfect head, version of you yeah sure and you know like wavy and messy hers was straight to perfection and wow. thick and she had the long legs like I'm short and you know quite like curvy yeah she 
was just tall and leggy and had a peachy little bum. Like I've got a big Kardashian bum. She's got this perfect little peach and these perfect boobs. And wow. You know, everyone at the gym loves her. She's a naturopath and a nutritionist. Oh my so she's God, very intelligent. Yeah. And my intelligence is something that I've always struggled with. Like yeah. I know that I'm intelligent, but I have this belief that I have to work hard to be intelligent. Mm. And so then that was triggered of like he wants someone smarter. Like he wants know, someone I, better, meaning I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. There it is again, that sneaky little one, hey? And that's what I kept coming back to was mm. I made this mean something so much more about myself. And it wasn't until I actually started unpacking that I was like, no, this is actually more to do with him than anything it is to do with me. Mm, totally. Because his own like father, so he wasn't born in Australia, but his real dad who he doesn't know mm-hmm. cheated on his mum and that's why his mum left. Fuck. So <laughs> daddy and mummy issues all coming, all coming yeah. together, right? Eh? Wow. Yeah. So it's this circle. And I think once, I mean, I'm still navigating through it. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, yes, this happened in April. We're now in November. There is no fucking time frame on your grieving. There is no time frame, right? And like, I think there's this whole idea that time heals and time makes things better. And I want to acknowledge that, yes, time does make things a little bit easier because obviously it's in the past and it's not happening to you right now. Yes. But it's, it, Time alone doesn't heal the pain. Time alone doesn't make the feelings of hurt and rejection and pain go away. Time isn't what does that. It's you that does that. It's your body that processes those feelings and emotions. And like, look at you now, Chelsea, you're able to, and even, you know, me fucking telling that story of that girl spitting in his drinks, kill me now. Um, But it's way easier to talk about now because I, it's not happening to me right now. I'm not in any physical danger, but at the time I remember like literally clamming up when I was talking to people about it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell people what it was really like. It was so hard. And your eyes start like stinging with tears. Yes, the tears. I, and, over and, like, and it's the kind of crying where you can't speak through it. You're just no. going to like your throat's literally going to close up and you're yep. just going to just die because it's so yeah. uncomfortable to to be that vulnerable when you're in such raw and real pain. Yeah. So now I want me and Chaus to just dive into what – our tips and our experience and also our knowledge as coaches and healers, what is going to be the most helpful and supportive to you if you are navigating a breakup and acknowledging here, you'll still be feeling shit from past relationships. If they were six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, we carry that shit with us. So I feel like we'll always be healing from the past. We're always getting new perceptions, new downloads, new pieces of information because your brain can only focus on so much stuff happening at the time, which is why we create those stories, those belief systems to make sense of what's going on. But your mind is actually taking in fully what is happening and you store those memories, you store those pieces of information away. And an example of this is, like I said, when I was going through a breakup and he literally said the words to me, I don't feel good enough for your love. And I, my brain rejected that information. My brain literally at the time chucked that to the side and just fed me the story of I'm not good enough. It's my fault. He didn't want me. I fucked up. I need to be something better. I need to be something else. You know, rah, rah, rah. I didn't do enough. And later when I had that uh, a moment and when I spoke to someone, it was like 
probably I'd say like five months later, I remembered what he had said. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, he literally said those words to me. Why? And I, it was such an amazing moment where I realized, wow, your brain does sort through the information to match up to the story or the belief system that you've aligned with yourself, which for me, it was that story of I'm not good enough. It's my fault. It's about me rather than, oh, it's something about that person and what they're going through. So while time does help, time doesn't heal. So Charles, what are, if you could go back and tell yourself as you're going through a breakup, what would you tell yourself? What advice, what words of love would you give? I think the biggest thing, which I know you are all across and promote on your Instagram, <laughs> which I fucking love, is that you have to feel your feels. Like you have to just reach yeah. it. And I think we need to understand that it is grieving, like as you would grieve someone dying, because mm-hmm. essentially it is the death of the relationship, the death, yeah. the death of who you were with that person. That's the, it's the death you of be. a part of you. It's a death yes. of a part of you and a death of the future that you envisioned. And for you, Charles, you envisioned marriage, children, a family. You attached to that. You attached to that idea. And when that idea dies, a painful death, that's hard. That's hard for your brain to adjust to. And it's scary. So scary. And I just had to keep telling myself that, and this is going to sound probably really dramatic, but the whole, because in the moment it does feel like you are literally dying. Mm. And I You feel like remember, a sack of shit, don't you? You feel like oh a sack God. of shit and that it's, you're going to, and you're just this tiny speck of nothing and that nobody understands. Oh yeah. yeah that component and that, of like your soul alone because. Yeah. No and that your pain, you said it perfectly before you said like, this might sound dramatic. I remember just feeling like, I was so dramatic in my pain. Yeah. Like I remember, and I just remember weeping. Like I can't even describe how much I was crying and the fucking snot that was coming out. And in this last breakup, I posted this beautiful photo of me right after weeping. And I took that photo like the day that it had ended as I was in the depths of just feeling. And I knew I wouldn't post it for some time, but I thought this is a really important share. And I shared a week or two later a really beautiful you know, letter to myself that I wanted to to write and to share with the world. And it's one of my favorite things to go back and look at, yeah. to go back and look so at the, the braveness that I had to feel my feelings because it's really hard. So the biggest tip here from both Chelsea and I, if you're going through a breakup is to allow yourself to feel your feelings. And I want to add a, a small caveat here, which is to feel your feelings, you have to feel safe to feel them. And I want to acknowledge there are hundred percent times and spaces where you are not safe to feel them because there's a lot of beautiful stuff coming out in this self-development world, which is all in favor of feeling your feelings. However, we only have a certain capacity to feel and to feel we often need either a support system within ourselves or a support system within other people to help and process that stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in that place, if you are feeling so unsafe, like, I remember going through this breakup in Canada where I felt so alone. And this was the breakup probably that I numbed the most and avoided the most. And it was because I was in a space where I wasn't home. I didn't have my support system around me. I was, I felt alone and I was not safe. Like if I think about me entering into that depth of feeling, 
I don't know what would have happened. It would have been really yeah. scary. And I, I yeah. needed that safety, you know? So That's make cool. sure, yeah, make sure that you are safe to feel. Make sure you know how to resource safety in your body. So whether that's through your breath or connecting with your heart or, you know, going for a, an ocean swim, whatever it is where you can find a bit of safety when you're getting those overwhelming feelings in your body and you don't have to feel it all in one go, right? That, I think that is the biggest thing like we were talking about before we hit record was some days you are just going to want to distract and that yeah. is also okay. It's okay. And it's part of the process. I yeah. just, I think I, I think I said this in my Friday pep talk, but avoidance is sometimes a real big part of the process mm-hmm. and be okay with that. Yeah. My, my step number two, we're going to call it steps of healing from a breakup is remove the judgment. It is remove the judgment of any feelings or thoughts or emotions or avoidance. Remove the judgment. Stop making it mean so much. If you have a desire to reach out to your ex, even though you know you shouldn't, remove the judgment from that. And it's okay if you do. It's okay if you don't, right? You're in a healing time. It's hard. But remove the judgment of the thoughts that you have, of the feelings that you have, and try your hardest, because it is really hard, to move into a place of acceptance for whatever it is that's coming up. And a great tool to help you with acceptance is journaling. Yeah. Favorite exercise. Yeah. Favorite exercise is either actually journaling. I actually do this out loud a lot. So again, this sounds hilariously kooky, but I know you're going to relate. I, most mornings I go out and do a beach walk and I speak to the universe, to my angels, to my guides. And I've gotten into this basic habit of basically just journaling out loud. And I just literally talk like there's somebody listening and I say all my deepest, darkest fears and worries. And I use my journal for this too and let out anything that I've been holding. Judgment-free space, acceptance is fully there. Compassion is there. And every time I do stuff like that, every time I have a super dark thought or anything like that, I just remind myself and say, hey, it's okay to feel this. Right. And that would bring me to step three. I can't believe I'm making up steps here, but this is hilarious. We love a few steps, which would be reassurance. Mm. Like letting yourself know that what you're feeling is valid. Yeah. I should call it validation and reassurance. Yeah. 100%. I actually have a video on my phone because I was documenting and sharing a lot of this on Instagram so that others could feel like they weren't alone because I felt so alone. And I have a video that I never ended up sharing, but I recorded it and I was sitting in my car and I am a mess. Like I'm talking (laughs) down my face, not out my nose. And I'm just telling myself, you're okay. You're You're allowed to feel like this. This is okay. And I just kept repeating that. You're okay. You're allowed to feel like this. It's okay. Not to invalidate myself, but to actually validate that what I was going through was okay. And how I was feeling, there was no wrong. There was no shame that it was simply just what was coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And like, this brings me to step four. These steps are just flowing out to this. It's great. Um, But step four is about creating a support system, but I'm not saying creating, I'm going to say choosing your support system wisely because and becoming clear with what you need. So you can do all of that beautiful validation reassurance within yourself, which Chelsea gave that beautiful example. That's what it sounds like to literally say to yourself, it's okay to feel this way. That is how you reassure and validate yourself and your feelings. But sometimes it can feel fucking amazing to have that from other people. 
And there will be people in your life, your friends, your family, your loved ones that you can rely on or speak to. And bigger than that, there can also be counselors, coaches, therapists, healers to help you validate some of those feelings and emotions and let you know that it's okay to feel them. That is a super powerful step in the healing process because it lets you know that you are not alone in this and it's normal to feel this shit. It's normal to feel pain or it's normal to feel numb. It's normal to avoid and it's okay. So also just, I want to add there that it's not attention seeking to yes. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. It's not attention seeking. And this is, I, I don't know, we talked about this a bit in relationships. You're allowed to be needy, girl. You are oh allowed, God, oh, you anyone, are. whoever I'm speaking to, you are allowed to be fucking needy. You are allowed to have needs that need to be met. You're allowed to ask somebody, and this is where creating and cultivating amazing friendships with people is important mm-hmm. in your life. But it's okay to say to somebody, hey, I'm feeling all the pain right now and I really need no advice. I don't want you to give me advice. I don't want you to tell me how to fix myself. I don't want you to tell me what I meant to do. All I want from you is to just listen and tell me that I'm allowed to feel this way and that everything's going to be okay. Are you in a space to do this for me? Can you do this for me? You know, it's a really powerful conversation to have with your friends, with your family as well, particularly family, because they have your best interests at heart and they often want to fix things. They often want to heal your pain. I know a lot of the times I've spoken to my family about my pain, they've shared how much they've wanted to fix things for me. They've shared how hard it has been to hear that I'm in pain mm-hmm. and and that's beautiful and it's okay, but it doesn't mean that they need to tell you how to fix things if you aren't ready for that. Because you'll know, you'll know when you're ready to start taking a bit of action. Oh, yeah. You'll know when you're ready to start getting some different kind of support. But mm-hmm. I'd say that first stage is all about allowing yourself to feel when you can and when you feel safe to. And having some fun, numbing, avoiding is part of the process as well. And finding some people in your corner who you can talk to about your feelings and getting it out there. And if you don't have people in your life, using your journal, you know, speaking to the universe, your angels, your guides, whatever greater force you might believe in, looking for counselors, looking for coaches or people to support you in bringing up some of these feelings and thoughts and getting those needs of reassurance and validation met to help you process through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else? What else is part of this for you, Chelsea, around healing from a breakup? What is the most important thing? My biggest thing, and I think this is maybe a bit more on a spiritual level for me um was fully immersing myself in nature so Mm. for me my most healing place is the beach and I would just go down there and watch the sunset or the sunrise with no expectation on how to feel like I would just go there and I would just give myself permission to just cry I needed to scream if I needed to sob or just walk and not think and not not feel it was not feel yeah yeah. and if we look at it from like a vibrational frequency perspective nature operates at the highest frequency so So of course being in that you are going to feel that vibrational force from the earth and I just used that as a tool to to heal totally honestly 
the ocean and the beach, any body of water is just so fucking healing. Any like tree, I know lots of people connect to trees, but it's so true. They are so fucking healing and it can be powerful to be influenced by the energy and to be in that space. And Chelsea just said that all beautifully. She said she gave herself permission to feel or to not feel, to think or to not think, to process or to not process, to scream or not scream. She gave herself a safe space. That's what she did. And some people do that with themselves. Some people do that in a relationship. Some people go to a therapist, a coach or a counselor. They go out and find that safe space where they can express. And that's part of that journey of healing after a breakup is finding and creating and choosing that safe space and creating it for you, you know, and you go through stages where you want to be alone in your thoughts. And then you go through stages where you just want to talk about it nonstop. And then you go through stages where you want to be alone again, or, you know, or you want to talk to this person and not that person. And that's all okay. Right. Like sometimes I will be in a stage where I'm just journaling my little heart out. And other times I will not touch my journal for a month. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yes. And I I feel like I have this expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. No, no, you go, you go. Yeah, we have this expectation that like we have to use all the tools because we know that they're available, but you don't have to. <laughs> like, oh my God, I love that. Give yourself permission to not do your fucking morning routine from hell. Yes. Like, I love and, it. Yep. And just let go of the fucking shame. And also, what has been working for you isn't always going to work. Mm, so true. Yeah. And as things change and as things shift, some stuff doesn't land as much as it used to. Yeah. Eh? Like, like I went through stages yeah. where I loved ocean swims and then I went through stages where I hated ocean swims, you know, yeah. and that's totally okay. The whole essence mm-hmm. of this, I think, that all that me and Chelsea have spoken about has just been about letting you do things your way, removing and releasing the expectations, the shame, the judgment for what's going on and letting yourself go through a natural process to you. And if you are stuck, if you are confused as fuck, if you are like, I... I'm stuck in this place and I can't get out, please go and reach out for support. Please go and reach out for support. You can message Chelsea. You can message myself. You can go and touch out with a counselor, with a therapist or a coach or a guide or a healer, but go and get some support to help yourself move through this because staying stuck is really hard. And sometimes it's a a part of the process to allow yourself to sit in the discomfort for a while but staying there a long time often isn't helpful, you know? Yeah. Mm. And there is honestly so much support out there and it doesn't always feel like that. Yeah. But I think just hold that and even like, yeah, create a bit of a mantra around it that you are not alone. Yeah. You really so true. And the more we start to have these conversations openly and vulnerably, we realize that there are so many people out there that are craving this conversation and this connection. That's fucking it, right? And I hope that this conversation today of both Chelsea and myself getting lovely and vulnerable with you about the pain and all of this that has helped you feel a little bit less alone. And one practical tool that I do really want to share around a bit of a mantra, and this is again, a a very practical way of retraining your brain, retraining your thought programming and something that really helped me. I don't know if you about, if you've ever felt this, but I've gone through stages where I've just felt obsessed with an ex and like, it's, Listen to that. Oh yes. Where it's (laughs) all I think about and like the fantasies and the what ifs and the, it's, 
And again, some of that can be helpful, but sometimes for me, I started noticing that it became like my happy place and I was making up a place that didn't exist, you know, where all of my ex-boyfriends somehow loved me and everything went really well. And I had, you know, 11 boyfriends that wanted me and I was like, oh, you're not feeling very good, are you, Kathleen? Um, And one of the most beautiful things, because obviously reality check, the relationships that I've been in the past, I know that they aren't for me. And now with hindsight, I can look at what the relationships were and would have been and go, fuck, I know I didn't want that. I know that's not the relationship that I wanted. And that's cool. That was a blessing that we broke up at the time. It did not feel that way. But one of my favorite, favorite tools has been thought interruptions and patterns because it can feel really shameful and frustrating and deteriorating to be constantly constantly obsessed with your ex and the what ifs and the happily rafters. So one of my favorite things to do is to use, I have two different ones that you can try. One of them is a thought interrupter. So developing some sort of mantra or some sort of affirmation that you ground into. So my one, which was gifted to me by the amazing Kyle from Heal Connect Thrive, who is my emotion code coach for all of my clients. And I had a session with him after a breakup and this was what came through. And it was that I am safe to choose myself and my own happiness. And it was such a beautiful fucking mantra. So how I used this was whenever I caught my brain or my mind going down that road of, you know, what if they change their mind or what if they come back or I would be so much happier if I did this or, you know, I, I should have done this differently. Whenever that came up, I would place my hand on my heart and just say, Kathleen, you are safe to choose yourself and your own happiness. What you're thinking about right now, it isn't choosing your happiness. And I just, I again, placing hand on heart, having a body connection was important to me. I would breathe, slow down. And all of that's doing, it's mindfulness, it's presence, it's bringing yourself back to the moment rather than going down that thought spiral. The second one of this that I have that has been so helpful, and you can basically use this one, but any thought or belief or story or, you know, random imagination trip that you're going down that you know isn't for your highest good and you know you'd like to change it and maybe not think about it every so often. This is my favorite one and it's called the slow clap. And I give it to all my clients, but God, it sounded like a bloody STD there. Sorry, that's that's not what I mean. I'm going to give it to all my clients, Jesus. Um, But what, what the slow clap is, is again, it's a pattern interrupter. So if you find yourself thinking that thought or feeling, you interrupt it with a slow clap of celebration. And what I've learned is that every time I have a thought about, because I used to be one of those people that really thought about, obsessed about my past and what if I did something differently mm-hmm. and not just in relationships and everything in my business and my career and my friendships and you know even in certain conversations I used to get obsessed with you know god if I just said that one thing in a different way things might have turned out differently or you know and it doesn't do to dwell on the past and every time those thoughts come up or even if it's a fear or an anxiety I will slow clap I will literally slow clap out loud and what that does is it's a celebration for me of the fact that the reason that that thought is coming up or that fear or that piece of anxiety is because I'm outside my comfort zone. My brain has gone through its memory files to go, oh, fuck, Kathleen, we're outside of our comfort zone. I don't know what's going on. I'm not safe here. What is the quickest way to get Kathleen to go back into her comfort zone? It's to remind me of my past and to try and pull me back to the place where I once was. So that slow clap, that interrupter, that celebration of, oh my God, I'm thinking about my ex again, or, oh my God, I'm thinking about my fear of failure or, oh my God, you know, whatever it is being like, that means that I'm already outside my comfort zone. And my brain is going, fuck, we have to get her back there. That is something to celebrate every time that you're outside your comfort zone. That is something to celebrate. And that's what the slow clap is. 
and you should see me. I I do this everywhere. I do it everywhere. So if you ever see me and I'm slow clapping myself, you know what that means. <laughs> but I want you to try, for those listening at home, I want you to try these, these pattern interrupters to support you in creating the subconscious belief systems that you want. And this is a great way to start. Charles, do you have any final tips before we move on to our final topic? I think you've covered it all. I'd never heard of the clap one, but that is something that I need to <laughs> It is literally, it's just something I made amazing. up. It's so funny. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I think we've covered with tips and Beautiful. tools there. I love it. So now the last piece that we're going to cover inside this episode is something oh so fucking near and dear to my heart. I'm sure I'll do many more podcast episodes on it one day, but I thought it'd be beautiful to add into here. And it was one of the main questions that I got when I shared I was doing this episode was, how do I find contentment and happiness within myself after a breakup? How do I be okay with being single? How do I fucking love myself? How do I not feel obsessed with finding a partner? And to the beautiful people that came through this question, I just want to give you some love and acknowledge you for actually saying this. And my biggest thing here is stop telling yourself that you're not to stop making it so wrong that you want a partner or that you aren't happy within yourself or that you don't love yourself entirely. Every single time you remind yourself that you don't have something or that you're not somewhere, you're reinforcing the belief that where you are right now is not enough. And mm-hmm. I have so often, and somebody talked, I was just speaking with a friend about it today, but so often as human beings, we create our own suffering by saying, when I have this, I will be happier. And for me, it was so like, especially in my younger years, it was when I have a boyfriend, I'm going to be so much happier. And to my younger self, it's bullshit, babe. All right. It's bullshit. Or when I have, you know, six figures in my bank account, when I have heaps of friends, when I move overseas, when I love myself, when I'm at my goal weight, when I have, you know, long hair or when my get my summer tan or whatever it is, as soon as you tell yourself when I have something, I'm going to be happier. You don't know, you not only place a lot of pressure on that thing and you put it up on a pedestal where it's existing in dreamland instead of reality, but you tell yourself that where you are right now is not enough. And That is the most, I think the biggest lesson is that rather than waiting, rather than thinking you need to do something or be something or feel something to feel like you are enough just as you are or that you're happy being single, you need to remind yourself that right as you are in this moment with whatever is going on for you, no matter your relationship status, your bank account, your career, whatever it is, You need to remind yourself every single fucking day, 20 times a day, you are enough. You are enough and you are worthy and you are a valuable human being just as you are. You don't need to change anything. You don't need to be something else. And the beautiful idea of self-love, which is beautiful, but I also just want to give you a fucking fat reality check on what self-love really is. (laughs) And And I'll be honest, maybe I've just not grasped it, but my experience with self-love has been that self-love is not a thing at all. Self-love is actually more about self-acceptance. And you're never, as as, as being a human fucking being, the curse of being human is that we are flawed, right? We're, we're not in these 
perfect bodies. We, you know, we live, we die, we get illnesses, we make mistakes. That is what being human is about. That's what the human experience is about. It's not about attaining perfection. And self-love has been put up on this pedestal in the self-development world as the idea of perfection. Mm. And again, calling absolute bullshit, no matter how much you preach self-love, I don't think it's possible to love yourself 100% of the time. I agree. And that should not be your goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It has been pedestaled so much and it's like it ends up being this exhausting race that you are never going to finish. Yeah, it's another one of those things, right? When we say when I love myself or when yes. I'm at the and when I'm at the end of my self-love journey, then I will feel better. And it's not the case. Focus on reminding yourself that right now you are enough. And it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to not feel happy all the time. It's okay to want a partner. It's okay to be mad that you're single. It's okay to feel like you've lost yourself sometimes. It's okay. So Charles, what are your, you know, practical tips and advice around finding contentment within yourself and being single? Mm, um, I think a lot of what you said definitely resonates, but also just taking each day as it comes without that expectation and knowing that every day is going to look different. There are going to be days where you are thriving on the fact that you are single and then there are going to be days where you are crying over everything, where you are jealous of those around you in relationships. Yeah, fuck yeah. And just coming back to the present moment, like we're so quick to to create something that's not even real. Like we don't know what the future holds for us. Yeah. But we're so quick to create a future in our heads, like just coming back to the present moment and being grounded with where you are in that moment. Mm. And again, like having that mantra, like for me, one of them has been, I am worthy simply because I am. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And because so use those mantras, like the pattern interrupters, right? But yeah, you're not attaching your relationship status to your self-worth because that is where the problem comes in is when, and remember that we live in this world that tells us we're only worthy when we have certain things. We're only worthy when we have the house, the car, the bank account, the boyfriend, the marriage, the children, the whatever it is. We're only happy when we have those certain things and that you're only accepted if you have those certain things and you're only worthy when that is not true. And that is the biggest belief that the entire world, and I feel it, I feel it in my bones that the entire world, the collective is working to change that. That's what this work is about, is about remembering that. Because I mean, whatever happens after this earth or whatever it is, I cannot even imagine that wherever we end up, we're not going to remember that we are worthy no matter what state we are in, you know? Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. And so our top tips around finding yourself and finding contentment are to let go of that judgment and to remind yourself and remember that you're worthy and know that there are going to be really hard days. And some practical tips here about what you can do to find contentment within yourself is prioritize this fucking relationship with yourself. When you are single, and something I actually have been relishing in lately is I'm not going to always be single. Even if I die single, it's not like I'm never going to have another relationship, right? But this moment right here where I'm alone and have been alone and I'm in my own energy, that's not going to last forever. 
It's just simply not. Like I know myself, I'm not, I'm definitely going to get into more relationships. Who knows if I get married and have a lifelong partner, who knows about that? But I know that I'm absolutely going to get into another relationship in the future. Enjoy this time, this presence, enjoy this moment of being by yourself because you might never have that experience again. Like right now I live by myself and it's fucking lit. I love it. And it's beautiful. And some, it does have some beautifulness to it. But it doesn't mean that I don't get lonely sometimes. It doesn't mean that I don't, you know, dream about the idea of having a, a beautiful partner to share this life with. But this time that I'm in right now, and I know so many people who are single go, how do you do this? But has been about investing in the relationship with myself and in creating a life that I want. And I almost envision building my self-worth up to fill up my entire body so that when the next partner comes along or when the opportunity for that comes along, they're adding to everything that already exists within me. They're adding to the love and acceptance that I have within myself. They're adding to the unconditional love. They're adding to the compassion and kindness. They're adding to the fun, to the joy, to the adventure. They're adding to that. They're not filling a gap that I feel I have within myself. They're adding to that. And that is beautiful. And that is a journey that takes quite some time, right? It can take quite a lot of time, but it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect to be loved. It doesn't mean that you can't not let yourself get into relationship when you don't feel perfect because relationships, like we've said, are an amazing place to heal. But in terms of finding yourself and investing in the relationship with yourself, get to fucking know yourself. Get to know oh who my God. Right? Like get to know who you are, why you are the way you are. Get to know what you like. So often I found myself trying to be the woman that I thought my man wanted me to be. I pretended to like fucking, yeah, people pleasing to the max. I pretended to like snowboarding. I pretended to like drinking. I pretended to like raves. I didn't like any of those things. It was bullshit. I pretended to like beer. That's probably a really relatable one. Um, I used to pretend about all these things because the truth was, I actually had no idea what I liked. And I remember when somebody asked me, what is your favorite drink, like alcoholic drink? And I remember literally just being like, I went to say wine and I went, no, I actually hate wine. Tastes disgusting. (laughs) And then I went, fuck, like, I don't really like drinking at all because of the the poor mental health. It's, It's driven for me. But if I was to have a drink, I want it to be fucking sparkly and fun and sweet and tasty and refreshing. And it's going to be a cocktail. It's going to be beautiful. And it's going to be an experience. And for me, that was a big moment going, fuck, I actually have no idea what I like. And going, thinking about a hobby. I remember going, fuck, for a long time, my business or my side hustle was my hobby. And I went, God, what do I actually like doing? Well, the, and some people are going to hate me for saying this, but the gym was my hobby. Um, And yes, it absolutely can be a hobby. But for me, it was again, filling a gap that I had within myself. I do not like the gym. I do not like going to be in physical pain. I do not see it as a pleasurable hobby. It's just how it is, right? Doesn't mean I don't go. Doesn't mean I don't try and make it super fun, you know? But when it comes down to actual hobbies and things that you enjoy, like get to know yourself, get to know what you like, get to know what things make you tick, get to know what, and, you know, work on your friendships. Like thinking about, as I've gotten older, Charles, you might resonate with this too, but as I've gotten older, my relationships have become like with friends have become so much more and with my mom and my family, those relationships have become so much more important to me in terms of the quality and like the surface level friendships where we chat or where, you know, we used to drink together and go get boys together. Sadly, they've all gone. And that was really 
like friendship breakups, I think are one of the hardest things along with relationship breakups, because you often don't really have conversations about why you drift or why it ends. And they're really hard. But the reality is that you do drift away from people because you're going through different things. And again, it doesn't mean that because it ends, it was a failure. It means that it's run its course and that it's okay. But figure out yeah it's run its course yeah it's just run its course and it's 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 making room it's making room for something else Mm -hmm. but invest in your friendships and invest in having those courageous conversations with your friends and your family invest in learning how to set boundaries with them if you resonate with being a people pleaser in relationships if you resonate with having no boundaries in your romantic relationships if you resonate with letting people walk all over you if you resonate with not listening to your intuition if you resonate with any of that, you have a chance to practice this inside of your friendships and your relationships with family, even your like relationships with your work, with your, I was going to say workplace colleagues, but with your colleagues, those are all relationships. And if you want your next relationship to be better than your last, which is what we all do, right? You get a big chance to practice in the relationships that you have with yourself and the people around you. And that means learning how to set boundaries. It means taking that time to fucking have a rough conversation with a friend and to figure it out and to have it be an amazing friendship where you feel so connected to one another, where you feel loved and seen and heard and supported because you are worthy of that. And you're worthy of feeling that within yourself too. Yeah. Big time. And last thing I just want to add here from me is that learn to date yourself. Oh, oh my God. Can we talk about that? Yes. Learn to date yourself. What is your biggest fear around dating yourself and your favorite dates to go on with yourself? Okay. So my biggest fear was again, that judgment Mm. of why is this woman out by herself sitting (laughs) at a dinner table? Has she been stood up? Oh, oh my God. Wait, have you, have you ever thought that about somebody though? Because just thinking now, I have never, ever seen someone out by themselves and thought they've been stood up. That's not even a thought that would cross my mind. Have you ever thought that? And isn't that about someone else? Yeah. But about myself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so the weekend I was meant to get married, I actually took myself on a trip interstate. Oh my God, you did. I remember saying that. Yeah. Yes. I made it the most beautiful weekend. I, and obviously I was alone. Like my mom was like, do you want me to come with you? And my best friend was like, do you want me to come? And I was like, no, I need to do this alone. Fuck yes. Yeah. And I went and got some tattoos. I went and visited <laughs> this beautiful like crystal garden. But the biggest thing for me was I got dressed, like fully dressed up, bought a mm. new dress, full face of makeup, tan hair. And I went and ate dinner. <gasps> myself and I was you did what oh I know oh my god the scandal Jesus I'm getting like um, <laughs> sex in the city vibes you know because when I look at those women obviously there was a lot of fucking bloody issues with that show but when I look at those you know beautiful women like they would have 100% well actually maybe not all of them but I'm imagining Samantha I'm imagining Carrie imagining Miranda going out for a dinner by themselves and they 100% mm-hmm. would have done this and it was okay yeah. you know we yeah. are so attached to our phones and to connection through social yeah. media that being alone is, is kind of scary and like my favorite oh. thing myself is to go to the movies by myself and I fucking love it there is like I'd probably go three times a week if I could 
Oh there is God. nothing. Like I've still not been to, I've been to dinner by myself when I've been out like traveling or something. Yeah. But I've See, never that, taken but myself out. intention to yeah. like date. use it as a date. I was, and I pulled up out the front and I pulled down a little bit because I was like, I'm going to throw up. Oh my God. <laughs> I, had like, I can't do this. So much pressure on oh, myself. Yeah. And you know, when I walked in, I was greeted by the waitress and she was like, I was like, oh, I've made a reservation for Chelsea. She's like, amazing. I've got you all set up in the corner here. And she like took me and she didn't say the words, but I could feel like she was just so accommodating and so like, fuck yeah, girl. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <gasps> I love and, like, that. It was this unspoken thing. She was like, I finished my, like I got myself a cocktail. She brought me another one and she just was like smiling like, at me. Go like, off was, queen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh and my God. I, I love just, it. Yeah, and I walked away feeling so powerful. I'm gonna like, fucking. I'm gonna do this, this, guys. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go out for a dinner by myself. And I'm not it. even gonna it take was... my phone. Yes. Oh, that yeah. Was so it scary. was so like, It was so liberating. Wow. Okay. So dating yourself. Big big idea here. And I think I grew up as an only child, and I live alone. I'm very used to spending time by myself, and I'm very mm-hmm. okay with it. I'm quite comfortable. But yet. Even for someone who feels that way, got the idea or the thought of going out to dinner by myself, that scares me. And so isn't that just so fascinating? But date yourself. And the ways in which I date myself are going to the movies, going out for a brunch or a work date with myself, um, and going on. I love to go on a little hike. I don't like to go on a I don't like to go on a big hike because I don't want to get too exhausted. Manageable hike. A manageable hike where I'm exploring somewhere new going on yes. trips away with yourself, like going to a new location. I remember I went to this beautiful Airbnb and it felt so fucking lush and I was just there by myself and it was incredible. Yeah. was so beautiful, you know? And I think there's one last thing that we need to talk about here, which is sex and self-pleasure. And mm. this is a really, really important and empowering topic to speak to. And I'm very excited because I'm going to be doing an interview with Alicia Fay, who is a sex and intimacy coach, I'm doing that with her actually in a few days. So it'll be out in a few weeks. If you have any questions for Alicia, DM me them on Instagram. But it is, it's so important to also realize that your pleasure comes from you and it is yours and it does not belong to somebody else. And you do not need a partner to feel connected to your body and connected to your pleasure. Some of the best fucking orgasms I've had have been with myself. Can we just say that? Like, seriously. And, you know, I'm sure, I hope that that might change one day. Who knows? I'm ready. Come on in. Um, But knowing that that that's possible and that I can have that level of pleasure with myself and that that's creating that space of non-judgment and full acceptance Mm. and letting my body fucking do whatever it is it wants to do and, like, practicing being free with myself and my body and yeah. whether that's clothes on, clothes off, whether that's with toys, yeah. not with toys, whatever it is, whether I'm not even, I might not even be touching my body. It might just be dancing to some music or something or even doing some fucking sexy yoga. Who knows? We can get yeah. into some some cheeky poses there, right? Um, I should run a class on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dating it's yourself. A beautiful time for exploration. Yeah, dating yourself and creating moments of pleasure and as much as you can, shifting the perspective around seeing this time of aloneness as being 
a beautiful part of the journey and a time that you might never have back. And that's what I love to think about. If you knew, like if you think about this, if I told you that this last breath that you were going to take was the last breath you were ever going to take, you would fucking savor that breath. You would make it so slow. You'd hold it. Like go and everyone do that exercise right now. Like pretend you're taking your last possible breath of air on this earth and see how different that feels. If you knew that these were going to be the last few months that you were going to be really and truly alone, how would you fill your time? How would you experience them? The truth is it would be so different, right? And there, a final, final, final piece. I wrote this down because we talked about it before the before we hit record, but it was being lonely versus being alone. Damn. So completely different, but we confused them a yeah. lot. And like, fuck, hands up if you felt lonely. You can't see me with my hands up. And like, it's okay. It's okay to feel lonely from time to time. It's built into us as human beings who love connection. But do not get it confused between being lonely and being alone. Being lonely is an emotion that you feel. Being alone is simply a state that you're in. You are literally by yourself, right? I love that explanation. So simply put, but so perfect. <laughs> yeah. So Charles, what are your best tips to help people with being alone or being lonely? Mm-hmm. Being lonely, as you said, like it is just an emotional state and it will pass. And I think grounding back into that of like the whole, this too shall pass. Mm. But also like when you are lonely, sometimes you do need to sit in that loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. It's not and that's not feeling the feeling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And leading. Then are, yeah. Then there are other times where you can outsource mm. or when you are in that loneliness mm. of like, how can you, it's lonely is just a need for connection, not being met at the time. Yeah. I wonder if there's a difference as well between being lonely versus I'm craving connection. Like when I say I'm lonely, I feel sad and I feel dark and low versus when I actually say, oh, there's actually just a part of me that's craving connection. It's craving to be seen and heard. I want to talk to someone that feels quite different. And this is what the power of, you know, beautiful mindset work is. It's about changing your perspectives and the language that we use, like it or not, every fucking word and every emotion has a vibration to it that feels different in our bodies. So ask yourself right now, like say I'm lonely and see how that feels in your body and then say I'm craving connection and see how different those two definitions feel or say I'm lonely and then say I'm alone and see how they feel and notice the words that you use and know it's okay to crave connection. It absolutely is. It really, really is. Yeah. Wow. I love that. What an incredible episode. I can't believe how long we've been talking. This is amazing. I'm definitely going to split this into two, but Chels, thank you so, so much for having this conversation with me, for your vulnerability, for sharing your story and giving us your beautiful words of wisdom and advice. I will link Chelsea's Instagram excuse me, in the show notes and you will be able to connect with her. And of course, you know where to find me. Chelsea is also a coach. She's amazing. So please make sure you follow her. She, she shares so much vulnerability and you know me, I love vulnerability on Instagram. I love when people keep it real because it helps me realize I'm not alone and I don't have to be perfect. And it takes away that pressure. If you are going through this pain of a breakup, I'm sending so much love to you. If you are going through this pain of adjusting to being alone 
or feeling loneliness, know that it's okay and know that we are all here with you and we're only a DM or a conversation away. Chelsea, any last words for our beautiful listeners before we sign off? I think, yeah, just know that you aren't alone and that, as Kathleen said, we are both here. If you need to reach out, we can point you in the right direction if we can't help you. Mm-hmm. But just embrace this beautiful journey. I said before we hit record that it is literally navigating through a beautiful mess and that's exactly what it is. So. Oh my God, a beautiful mess. I love it. All right, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.